This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Sharks come home and defeat the Devils in overtime. Logan Couture with the overtime winner. Of course, this is his second game back, so it is good to see the captain on the board. I am joined by Eric Kura. Eric, how are you doing this evening? Uh, well, the allergies suck, but hey, the Sharks get off the schneid. They, they've ended their five-game Losing streak, you know, a lot to be uh, talk about for sure. Uh, but man, that first period was ugly. It was uglier than me after getting hit by a pool filter. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that was not great hockey to start <laughs> it off. Um, and if you want to be a part of the show, please go ahead and hit us up on the social media. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter using Teal Town USA, Instagram, the YouTube chat, which we do monitor from time to time. And so if you want to yes. get your two second two cents in, go ahead and hit us up on the chat. Facebook, SoundCloud, and Reddit are all places that you can find us. And of course, the content keeps on rolling at tealtownusa.com. So... Tonight's yes. game. So we did have quite a few uh, talking points, um, especially from the Sharks returning on their, you know, little trek out east. And so let's start off with that first period. Travis Zajac would score his seventh on the season. Wood and Anderson with the assists that came at eleven oh nine in the first period. I mean, Eric, they just flat out looked sloppy, and I had pretty much a rant ready to go on the give shit meter <laughs> because boy howdy that was some sloppy hockey yes it was really bad and, and just even just classic trying to dig the puck out he puts it in the net for Zajac on that goal not the prettiest in the world uh and, and definitely the, the give-a-damn meter uh, was not on on high mode. I mean, I don't know how the heck they got, what was it, six shots on goal in the first period? I mean, I don't know how they got that, considering I thought how New Jersey was dominating. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was a combination of not having their feet uh, in that first period or if it was just the sloppy play by the Sharks. But boy, howdy, I mean, the turnovers were just I mean they were inexcusable they had you know turn out turnover after turnover on the blue line on the red line in the neutral zone I mean everywhere you could commit a no-no turnover they committed it and I mean number one on that was was got to be Evander Kane who did not look good in that first period and Brent Burns is number two in my opinion on the giveaway meter there in that first period yeah, and you can also probably go number three with Jake Middleton uh, when he get, when you know Gusev just just takes the puck right off of his stick, and then he goes five hole to make it two nothing New Jersey. You see, you see just how the the boys weren't weren't handling the the puck and not trying to possess it and keep it to themselves, uh, and bad things happen. And sure thing, you know Gusev. Literally steals it and goes fivefold just as Jones is opening up, just trying to get over to the other side, you know. So it's it was bad, but 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 there was that, still forty minutes to go in the game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, coming out in that second period, um, you know, they looked a lot crisper. They still were guilty of some giveaways. Uh, but, you know, again, I think it was a lot more crisper uh, and were able to, 
move the puck through the neutral zone uh, with a little bit more pace. Um, their passes were a little bit more tape to tape. So yep. it, it wasn't... Um, you know, as egregious, I, I still thought that they were a little suspect in their own defensive zone in that second period. And I thought that Jones bailed them out a couple of different times in the second period. But Mario Ferraro with his second goal just lets in a little wrister from the blue line. Kane and Gregor getting the assists there. And, you know, Kane and Gregor did a really good job. Yeoman's work down low and really kicked that puck up high and, you know, a soft little floater. And you're going to you know, you're going to get those from time to time, but it's good to see Mario put it on net. What did you see out of that goal that you you really liked? Well, you see you see the speediness and the shiftiness of Gregor uh, in in tight spots, which is something I, I like. I really like down the road. If he can get if he can work on his finish a little bit more, he is going to be, uh, you know, he, he's going to be something special. Kane slowly but surely getting getting there you know he's not getting the um you know he's not getting the 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 slam dunk shots in the net and of course you know you know zach you know, infamous zach has said it a billion zillion times stay out of the penalty box that being said nice setup there get to mario get it on gets it into the net what i really liked is how he was super pumped for it and it just seemed like, yeah, he's super pumped that he's got his the second goal of the season. But I also think, come on boys, we still got a lot of hockey left. Let's go. We can get this back into it. No problem. You know, Plenty and, of time. And I think the one word that we can use to describe Mario Ferraro's game is consistency. This is yeah. a kid that has brought 100% effort consistent all throughout the season. Really, probably along with Barkley Goodrow uh, were the most consistent players on this team and you know it's it's definitely a bright spot in a very bleak season so I continue to see and and like what I'm seeing out of Mario's game it, it's similar to when Braun came up you know and, and yeah. Braun had that two-way game especially when he first came up where he did chip in a little bit offensively, but he was also pretty rugged on the back end and was able to really move the puck quite well. So, yeah. again, Mario doing some yeoman's work there. And uh, Gregor, we would be remiss if we didn't say uh, Gregor with his first NHL assist uh, on that goal. Yeah, and, and, you know, Noah Gregor, again, like I said, he's starting to show his signs. You know, the same thing with Alex True. You know, the, little by little, the the kids are starting to show their their work in the NHL. Yeah, it's not like you know, guns a blazing, Joe Thornton or Brent Burns or Eric Carlson when they're on their game. But uh, you know, it, you, you take what you got, and, and they they look like something that'll be a promising future for these guys uh, down yeah. the road. Yeah, Rob Iman chiming in with a quick factor fiction on Ferraro being a top four. I think he's already cemented himself in the top yeah. four. Um, you know, really, I'd like to see him and Carlson paired together, and um, you know, maybe move Vlasic to to uh, a different pair and and see what Ferraro can do with either. Well, I mean, either one of the the two big righties, either Brent or or Eric, I'd like to see. Ferraro paired with because he does have good wheels and he can put yeah. himself into good defensive positioning, which is I think paramount when you're playing with two uh, riverboat gamblers, as I like to say. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> but speaking about riverboat gamblers, the uh, the New Jersey Devils gambling a little bit uh, on their power play and leads <laughs> to a turnover, and yeah. uh, Marcus Sorensen and Joe Shellman come in on a shorthanded attempt two on one and Shellman with just the saucy pass all over to Marcus mm. Sorensen. I mean, that is some serious sauce. Uh, you know, it's it was sweet with just a just a hint of zip and uh <laughs> you know Shellman Are got you hungry, Landy? Did you eat dinner before you came on? I mean 
You're, you're talking about this sauce here. Are, are you wanting Chinese food? Were you looking for a, uh, I was like a like spicy barbecue, meatball? More like a barbecue kind of sauce. Bar- you know? oh, okay. But yeah, it was <laughs> Shellman with the sweet pass. I mean, it was a nice pass. And Sorensen just buried it. I mean, that 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 was huge for Sorensen, who's obviously had a rough year. Uh, something I put up on the Teal Town Twitter uh, tonight. Sorensen... 20 of Sorensen's 30 career NHL goals have either been game-tying or or given the Sharks the lead. It's 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 a crazy stat, but hey, the Sharks' seventh shorthanded goal. They, they look pretty pretty good out there t- tonight. Uh, so yeah. uh, we'll take it. Yeah, for Back sure. Back to you, Andy. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think we see the maturity of Joel Shellman's game. I think little by little he is starting to, to get form, and, and I like what I'm seeing out of Joel Shellman. I think, to me, he's definitely proved um, enough to where I want to see him some more. Um, tonight he did end up with 1647 of ice time. He had an assist, uh, and he had a one shot on goal and 42% in the face off dot. But, you know, I think that he's got a little bit of a scoring touch and, and, you know, maybe not necessarily from a finishing perspective, but from a, uh, from an assist point of view, I think that he could be very, very intriguing on that third line. So it's good to see the mat- the maturation of this player, um, you know, because the the Sharks' depth right now is very depleted, um, especially with the trade uh, that happened on Monday. And um, for me, he's going to be very interesting going into uh, the off season to kind of see what he gets uh, insofar as a deal uh, going forward. Uh, that <laughs> I'm looking at some of the comments in the chat. If we don't mind, really quick, uh, <laughs> Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce is good too. I recommend Kinder's if you aren't, uh, you know, the proud Hederick refers it with chicken tenders. Uh, okay, says Stephanason is the new goodie. Am I wrong? Lol. I, I think he looks pretty sharp in, in the lineup, don't you think? Yeah, I think definitely uh, Stefan Nason has shown me that he is a gritty type forward. I think he's got a little bit of scoring touch, and he's just got a little bit of a nastiness that he brings to his yeah. game. Um, he's not afraid to really mix it up, <laughs> and, and I like that. And I think the Sharks could definitely use some more of that. Um Oh, thank you, John. John, we appreciate John. It. John, yes, thank you for your super chat donation, Eric and Eric show. Yes, appreciate yeah. it. So you know, I think Stefan Nason has definitely played himself into into uh, a new contract with the Sharks. I'd like to see that happen, and uh, yeah, I think he he could be a very important piece moving forward on the in the bottom Absolutely. six. Absolutely, Absolutely, and solidified the bottom six and has. All those, all those characteristics you need from a second six, because you definitely need to have some of those thumpers, but also have a good t- scoring touch too. And, and you know, I think we remember that I think it was like one of his first goals, just that that pass he received from Brendan Dillon, and then he just buries it. You know, wearing number eleven proudly with you know with an N at the beginning of his name and the end of the beginning was at the end of his name, you know, just put it out there looking, looking a little Nolan esque. Let's not get crazy though. <laughs> That's definitely for sure. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, Rob Iman also brings up a good point to Gregor is a keeper for next season. I think that he has definitely shown um, that he can stay and stick up here I think at the beginning of the season it was a little touch and go but I think I've right. seen his game definitely develop and you know it, it's going to be up to him whether or not he's going to yeah. stick and these next 19 games are going to be really important to see where he ends up um, you know he's he's definitely got the scores touch going back to his days in uh, Prince Albert um, and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a player that is going to be relied upon for some secondary scoring. That is for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in that third period, though, Eric, I think we need to really talk about the power play and just the ineptitude on that power play. It it is <sighs> it is looking really really disastrous right now. Yeah, you know, it's already it's gotten down to twenty seventh, you know, uh, in there. So that's that's a tough. Tough one to take, and just you know, with all the moves that have taken place and the limited practice time. I mean, let's be real here, guys. Uh, they played on Tuesday. Come or was it Tuesday? Played in Philly. Yeah, Tuesday. Come home. Still adjusting to you know getting back to Pacific time zone. And granted, they have a six-game homestand, but uh, you know they're going to really uh, change everything up on the. Uh, uh, on the power play and get some work together and get some chemistry going uh, on it big time because yeah it looks out of whack especially when you ice when you have an icing on the power play which, which of is course never we all a good know. thing exactly yeah the uh, the wise uh, Drew Romenda <laughs> always shouting that out on the broadcast and it's uh, nice to see Randy continue that but um, <laughs> no I, I I think so I think also to the power play needs to have a little more bit more pride i you know i and i and i say that because of just how sloppy the passing was on the power play and not only that but it's selfish plays where they're holding on to the puck far too long at the blue line looking for that perfect shot and uh, you know it's just seems like a bunch of individuals out there it does not seem like a cohesive five-man unit um and and i don't know what gives man with the with the amount of talent that this team has i mean even even just without having hurdle um out on that power play i mean jumbo and bernsey and lebank and kane and timo i mean they just right. it, it's it's far too timid and and i just i don't understand that and and i have had that um opinion of burns game throughout the season just a very timid game and i don't i i just i don't get it and and i don't know where the uh where the lack of jam is coming from or why it is the way that it is i mean do you have any ideas on on just the sloppiness and predictiveness and just almost general disinterest on the power play Uh, again i think it comes from practices and and so much roster movement i mean patty was on the power play goodrow was on the power play as well you know i i think you you look at it and it's like okay um so we lost those guys and of course you know jumbo knows how patty works and so does Burnsy. So you, you see some of those guys already have that communication with them. And they kind of know what to go with with Goody and such. So when you change that up and when you change power play setups and everything, it's tough. It's tough. And knowing how hot Evander King got off to a crazy power play start this year, the the people the, – Teams are focusing on him, and, and I like what they're trying to set up, and they're setting up the one-timer in the slot for Evander Kane, but you can't always go to the same thing. We had this for years. We talked about how they were ribbing it around to Jumbo on the half boards, how the, everybody caught up onto that. Then they switched it to Burns throwing the shot you know, net at the point, and Pavs would tip it in. You know, People caught on to that. So they need to find their their next i don't want to say gimmick because that's that's not fair to them but find find their next play that will work for them yeah they def- definitely need to set up a new playbook that's for sure because it, it just sure. still seems like it has not been adapted um you know there's a joe pavelski sized hole in that in that power play still um and, and so you know this team is going to have to figure out a way how to uh, you know how to adapt and so you know they go over let's see i think it's over three tonight on the power play although one of the power plays was quite abbreviated 
It uh, was seven seconds before Kane took a tripping or what was it? It was either a holding or tripping call. No, it was a hooking. Hooking, yeah. Yeah. yeah, whatever it was. I mean, he wasn't there for that yeah. long. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, the only way that the Sharks really are, are on the net positive in the special teams department is that shorthanded goal, which is good, but still. That's that, great. The, the, the power play is just, I mean, it's been the Achilles heel. It's arguably one of the biggest reasons why the Sharks are where they're at this season. Right. Um, so... I, you know, it's it's got to be addressed. So going into that third period, because, uh, you know, each of the teams kind of played it out to a draw. We conclude the third period all knotted up 2-2 going into the overtime. And Logan Couture with the overtime winner. Good to see the captain on the board. It's good to see him get some confidence. And... Uh, Kane and Burns with the hit with the assist comes in at 38 seconds in the overtime. But uh, we get to hear Logan's goal song. Uh, <laughs> Girls uh, just want to have fun by Cindy Lauper. And uh, uh, interesting. Uh, you, you have to think that his girlfriend picked that out for him. And I think Shang put that out on Twitter. Um, my, my question is this, Landy. And, and you were there the the day that we presented the the idea of get ready for this over to um to uh, Doug Benson in the in the Sharks front office that that day that we did the tour and the tweet up. Um, I don't think they're taking this too seriously. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> because you know, what what was Sorensen's was Mamma Mia. Yeah. It was mama. I mean, they're having fun with it, which is which is great. But uh, if you if you were hoping for serious, um, I don't want to say serious, but you know, I guess more traditional goal songs, um, don't don't come to the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> I, I well, you know, I honestly think that they're going to go back to two unlimited. I think that this is just a gimmick, you know, kind of spice things up for the rest of the season, but. You know, with the history of the song, um, you know, in San Jose being the warm-up song, I th- I think it'll come back. Yeah, uh, John John did another super chat, by the way. Sorry about that, and thank you for the to the group that was saying hey, you missed one. Um, what did you think of Timo's game tonight, Landy? Uh, you know, Timo still looks like a player struggling to find his game, and he looks like a player that is overthinking the game to a certain extent i feel like he's got a lot of pressure on himself because of the the injuries and because of the depletion of talent that the team had in the offseason mm-hmm. he just looks like a player that is putting way too much pressure on himself and when the kid plays free when he is that bull in a china shop and when he is kind of got that play with reckless abandon that's right. when he's at his best. But I see him trying to pass the puck. I see him, you know, uh, passing up opportunities to shoot the puck on net. Uh, you know, to me, he's just, there's just something off with him. And I and I hate to d- boil it down to, to a mental side of the game, but I think that that's what it is. Um, and, and so it'll be interesting to see how going forward he uh, will re-examine his game and see if he can't get back to the meat and potato style that was really the hallmark of his game that made him really, really good. Yeah. Uh, John John with another super chat. Thank you so much. By the way, for super chat donations, they do go back to help support the show and the website. Uh, it covers costs and everything as well. So you uh, can so you can hear both of us sickies in like full quality. That's right. <laughs> hey, I'm, at least I don't have my. I, at least I have my voice tonight, as opposed to the sound my AJ has uh, from like five years ago. Oh, oh yes, uh, if you're a long time <laughs> listener, you'll know that sound bite. <laughs> uh, uh, I, yeah, and and so I kind of wanted to also go through a little bit more in the chat. Um, there was a big kind of dust up about uh, Marcus Sorensen versus Patrick Marlowe, where Patrick Marlowe kind of fits into the equation going forward. Uh, do we see him back in Teal? You know, that's going to all depend upon what Doug Wilson does come free agency. I think, right. I think for me, the number one uh, 
uh, item on the shopping list, so to speak, is a goaltender, a starting goaltender. Um, you look at Robin Lehner and you look at uh, uh, Markstrom, y- uh, Jakob Markstrom up in uh, Vancouver. And yes, I said it. And uh, <laughs> Did somebody say Vancouver? I, I can't do it with this, with this tonight. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think that that Doug Wilson is going to go big game hunting out in free agency um, for a goaltender who is going to either be a number one or somebody who could push Jones. Um, mm-hmm. And and I see that kind of being the the first th- first item on the list. And I think on the second item on the list, Eric, I think they need to go out and find an impact forward. I mean, this yep. team did you know it did not work out the the way that they were expecting with the with the young kids, and I think it's an indictment upon the depth of the organization, and I think that it goes to show you that you know that this this team needs to take a hard look at itself in drafting and developing its forwards because right now. The cupboard is bare, and there's no cavalry on the horizon coming in to save the day. No, you you have you have some uh, kids that are in juniors in and in college. I think the one from UMass, Leonard from UMass, where uh, Mario Ferraro was, uh, looks like he could be potential, but you you can't hang on to that. Honestly, the the Sharks, and this is you know one of the things of why I've been so critical about the minor league system, is because they aren't ones to develop you know major all stars, you know, and, and when they do, they're quickly brought up, i.e. Pavelski and Kitchewer, you know, uh, so it's not exactly you know developing into home you know, homegrown all star talent. That being said, you have eight unrestricted free agents at the end of the season. You have four restricted free agents. And you have, at the moment, with what you have, you have $17 million, um, you know, roughly a little over $17 million in the cap, depending on how much it goes up next next season. You know, you... you uh, you're going to have to make some changes. You have, good news is that the the Paul Martin buyout's gone. You know the Brendan Dillon salary retained will be gone. You know there will be things that you have to you have to do, uh, and there might be some painful ones. Also at the same time, if Jumbo and Patty do want to come back, I think they'll be welcome back with open arms because you you do need to put butts in the seats in some in in this case. Um, but, uh, let's, let's hope that they're doing it, um, on, uh, on, uh, minimal salary. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we kind of are going through it right now, but you know, a million point nine comes off from Aaron Dell's contract. Um, you know, I, I seem, I, you know, I think that Tim Heed will probably be re-signed because he's going to be on the cheap. Um, I think he's definitely coming back, but You know the three-headed monster to. of Burns, Vlasic, and Carlson is just just a, a luxury that this team can't afford anymore. And so I wouldn't be surprised if one of them is moved out in the off season and uh, maybe around draft time because uh, you know this team needs to get out from under one of those contracts. Yeah. And um, you know really needs to reinvest that money back into the forward core. Um, so. You know, I think that there's there's a variety of ways to get the money, um, so to speak. Uh, you know, I think that again we're we're gonna have a uh, a cap uh, inflation. I think it'll probably go up, maybe uh, conservatively two million dollars. I think you'll get on the cap. Um, you know, I think on the high end, maybe four to five million um, extra space in the cap. But uh, you know, I think a safe bet's probably probably a couple million in um, and, and that gets you to 20 million that gives you some leeway and, and aj yeah you're right winning puts butts in the seats but you don't need two 41 year olds for attendance well if with what the 
what the Sharks have right now, you know. But is it even even a, an attendance thing at this, this point? I think it's a depth thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, no, I it's don't, a, it's definitely a depth thing. I don't. And, and I don't trying to find think the there's right anybody right in spots. the yeah, there's nobody in in the system that's able to do what those two do at 40 yeah. even at 41 years old and and again serious serious indictment on on the farm team um uh, you know i i just it, it's been mismanaged in in uh, a lot of different respects and you know the roosters are coming home to crow so to speak because this had been an area of neglect for a long time and we you can just go through the list of drafts you know we, we we've done it you know, we, we've talked about it and, and just look at the graveyard that is the second and third rounds for this team. Mm-hmm. and I talked about it at the trade deadline show uh, earlier in the week. It's it's one of the and in Ian, you know, saying that it's 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 rough. Yeah. And AJ saying it, 13, 14, 15 drafts. The Sharks took two players, if I recall correctly, that are playing in the NHL. And that's that's why you, you know you perhaps see the reason why D.W. Junior. is is running the scouting area because you need to see a change and it was long overdue because you weren't hitting anything. Yeah, you're getting your your rare late round pickups, but you can't be you know banking on late round pickups all the time, and you can't be you know. Banking on them having, you know, an off season, you know, just try to, you, you got to get, you got to be consistent, you know, 30 goal season. Yeah. You're wanting to get 35. You don't go back down to 20. You need to do it. So just another Randy G with a $5 super chat. Thank you very much. It is so bad to take one year to be rebuild and retool. I'm sorry. I don't see the sharks being contenders next year unless they get rid of forty four eighty eight in the summer. Ah. I mean, I mean, he, you've got a point. I, you know, I, I, I could see that happening. I could see the Sharks still languishing next season. Um, you know, but I could also see Doug Wilson being able to pull the the rabbit out of his hat because he's been able to do it before. I mean, you are talking about the guy that extracted a first round pick for for Barkley Goodrow. So, uh, you know, and, and as much as we all love Goody and, and I can definitely be, you know, number one on that list. I tracked him since he was in North Bay, as uh, a Brampton battalion, um, yeah. in junior, but you know, to get that kind of a, a payoff for that player was, was, you know, it showed that, that DW still got some magic in the hat, so to speak. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that, uh, free agency is going to be interesting for this team. Um, I, I seriously think, though, that that goaltending is going to have to be addressed. You can't come back with Jones and Dell. No, I, I you know, and and I think <sighs> if Jones didn't have the contract that he has now, I, I honestly think that he probably wouldn't be back at all. Um, that contract's a little unwieldy. And so you got to figure, I don't know who's going to bite on that contract if you're trying to get rid of it. Even, I mean, I don't even, I was going to say maybe Ottawa because, you know, uh, Craig Anderson's coming off the books and they're going to need some stability long term. But I, I don't know that they want Jones after seeing what they've got. I mean, maybe you've got some cost certainty there, but... Uh, you know, it, it's going to be difficult to, to shed that contract. So yeah, now we're talking buyout land and, but you can have him on contract on your, on your cap for eight years. If you do that, do you really want to put him put through that when you're, when you're going to be up to tight uh, with the cap for as many years? I mean, we're just getting out of the Paul Martin, uh, you know, buyout yeah i mean so so we kind of you know going through it uh just looking at the players that are that are available i mean i think the sharks will probably take a long look at taylor hall 
um, and and see if there's a way to fit that into the mold. I could see DW trying to do that. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of kind of kind of going through this. Um, is there anybody else that I would really break the bank for? I'm just looking through. I mean, it's tough. Tyler, because, Tyler know. Toffoli is kind of somebody that's interesting. Um, although he is 28, I didn't realize he was that old. Um, you know, and AJ mentioning give Jones one more season after a summer with working to be nabby. To be fair, Jones has looked better in the last four games, and he has, including that shutout against Minnesota. Um, you, you wonder what a whole offseason will do. And for that matter, is Nabby going to be the goalie coach for the main club? Will he just want to go back to being the developmental coach in that one? That's the the other one. Otherwise, yeah, some, pe- some people are saying David Ayers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I honestly don't understand why the the franchise didn't look into bringing somebody else from a goaltending perspective last season. Um, you know, then of course there, there's also going to be the whole coaching decision and where they go right. with coaching, um, because that's going to be another, uh, you know, another discussion within itself and another set of, of interesting variables with who's on the market. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of te- there's a lot of different ways that this could shake out. But you've got to figure that there's 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 got to be some semblance of a plan of what they're going to try and do. At mm-hmm. least at least somewhere there, there's, there's got to be an idea of okay going into the off season you know we need to prioritize x y and z um you know we need to try and extract some value from this roster whether it be from a cap perspective or whether it be from a treasure trove of um draft picks and you know things like of of that sort but you know there's definitely got to be change there's definitely got to be a lot of change that is that is for sure and in, in my opinion no, I, I completely concur. You, like I said, you can't go back with what you have right now. It's not. Uh, it's obviously not working. Yes, the Sharks got a victory tonight, and we should be celebrating it and everything coming back from a 2 nothing deficit. But at the same time, you do need some better depth. You do need some, you know, some veteran presence uh, as long as it's, you know, affordable. But, you know, that's that's a fine line uh, and especially with you know 17 million and a bunch of uh, unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents who have arbitration rights uh on the docket next season it's it's something that's not po- not impossible folks and dw has worked his magic where everybody can fit in but it's a matter of finding the right people uh that'll fit in I mean, there'll, be, there'll definitely be some interesting names out there in the RFA market. You know, you wonder if maybe uh, the Sharks will look into doing offer sheet land again. You know what I mean? Um, because there are quite a few RFAs that are, are very interesting. And you could put some some of your uh, some of your rivals in, in tough predicaments. Yeah, but you just don't want to go over too much and give up a boatload of picks uh, right. to another team again. You know, it just almost be like a, another Eric Carlson trade, and that's the last thing I think anybody wants to do right now in San Jose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eric, what do you, what do you see as the most pressing issue going into the into next season? I know that we talked about goaltending and and stuff, but is there is there a particular player on this roster that you're like, okay? enough is enough there's got to be a way to get out of this contract situation i mean is there anybody that screams out to you on the roster right now that can get that you can get rid of no i i don't think so because they because the players hold the cards you know vlasic's got a no move carlson has a no move you know as much as everybody wants to poop on carlson he's not going anywhere unless you know he wants to and most likely that's only back to Ottawa. You know, there's guys that have, you know, 
no move or you know limited no trade clauses, and they're probably going to say here you know uh, L.A., Anaheim, Vegas, yeah, have fun trading me to a ri- rivalry. You know, it's having you know having one of the most expensive blue lines, uh, and it's not doing its thing. We'll call, we call it out all the time, but what also what you need is the the goal scoring. You need the goal scoring for to make up for what you don't have now in in the forwards. I mean, yeah, you lost the 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 big three that we keep talking about over and over and over again. And why do we keep talking about it? Because they're not putting up the offense. You know, the Sharks the Sharks won three to two tonight. They lost to Philly with just two goals. You know, the, I mean, you can, we can go over this over and over and over again. And I think they only went over four goals, like maybe once, and that's off the top of my head this month. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they trend really low in the goals for department. Um, it's it's definitely a, a scoring starved team. And you know, you thought you were trying, you would make up the balance with adding the second uh you know the second wild horse or wild stallion on the back end but it's just that experiment is just not working it's not working it hasn't worked in so far as integrating on power plays it hasn't i i dare to say hasn't worked in the locker room you know i i feel like there's a there's definitely a a divide kind of in in the locker room like you know the the deal between Evander Kane getting his deal and Eric Carlson getting his deal, I mean that. You know it, it it can't be said for how much pride that these players have, and to see these two relative outsiders getting these large paydays at the cost of Joe Pavelski, and you know we can have the semantics argument about you know the thirty five year old with his contract, but yeah. But basically, it's you know he passed over, um, and and a homegrown guy not getting a deal, um, you know, and and I think the Timo Meyer deal I think is is a little bit of a misstep, um, a miscalculation on on how much he deserved. Well, here here's the thing, and I know there's been talk about that you know Carlson and Kane are outsiders and may have you know, affected the team chemistry as AG just put in, in there. But at the same time though, when nothing's getting done, when you're not holding the big shiny silver thing come June and nothing's getting done, you're going to want to make a change. Could Hasso put some pressure on Doug Wilson to make some of these changes? I mean it's quite possible that you know, Doug's getting antsy. He wants to get uh, get a, a cup, so he'll he's just gonna throw whatever out at it to to do whatever it takes to get the title. Yeah, you came six ones short of it last year. Now, you know, you, and you you talk about the Timo deal. Yeah, that's gonna happen down the road. You know that he's gotta he's gotta show up. And as as the contract gets bigger and bigger, the expect expectations are going to get bigger and bigger. So he needs to show up. Guys like Kevin LeBanc, Marcus Sorensen, you know, and even the even the youngsters, Noah Gregor, Alex True. There's an expectancy for you to rise up to get the job done and to to play at your compl- full and full level, and even try to find a spot to get even higher than that. So, you know, you go six, six wins, sh- yeah, you're six wins short, or you were 10 minutes short of leaving in round one. You know, you, you, this team needs to be better. What you have here may not be going anywhere. You know, people can like, saying about how, how rough Eric Carlson is. He's not going better. He has to get better. Jones has to get better. Evander Kane has to get better and stay out of the penalty box. You know, so I mean, what what you're saying then is a whole system wide, that you know the whole system just needs to get better. And 
I don't know about you, but there is one coach that consistently squeezes the most offensive juice out of his players, and I think you know who I'm talking about. But do the Sharks go out and hire Gabby? Because he consistently gets players playing offensive hockey. Sure, he doesn't have a great playoff record, but the team right now, I think, will will take more offensive consistency than maybe a proven track record in the playoffs. I, I, I don't know, but... You know, you, you need to find a way to extract the most out of this team. And, and to me, I don't see any other idea than bringing in a radically different coach. Uh, that's the thing is, you know, that DW is going to give Bob Bugner as much of a shot as possible. Now, the only other times that, uh, that, this occurred you know they weren't under dw's watch you know they they hired ron wilson and kept him going for a bit the the other time kevin constantine you know had his assistant take over but his assistant quickly went back down to coach the farm team could he let bugner go back as an assistant i don't know who knows what what they would do you know and that's the tough part is where do you go and this is this is what they have to uh, deal with and they have to figure out because let's be honest here, folks, while there's, while they are retreads, <laughs> there's plenty of coaches out on the, on the market right now. <laughs> I mean, AJ bringing it up, you know, he wants Sturm, but I don't think you're going to be yeah. able to pry him out of LA, but you know, he'll settle for Brudro. Brudro is a teacher and, and that's the thing. Bruce Boudreau, has <laughs> what's Al Sims up to? <laughs> oh God! No, uh, no, um, not Al Sims. But you know, we talk about uh, <laughs> you know a team that is trying to get younger. Maybe he's a guy that could, you know, get Nor Gregor becoming a twenty to twenty-five goal scorer, or you know, unlock a Marcus Sorensen to the guy that we saw previous and. I don't know. I just there doesn't seem to be a clear roadmap solution to get this team back on track from a roster perspective. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to engineer it in a way that comes outside of the roster. And to me, coaching staff, um, you know, a, a new goaltending coach hire, um, you know, are, are things where I, I kind of circle around, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Huh. It's, just, it's, 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 a, it's a very, very interesting problem. And mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't have an immediate solution in my eyes. Yeah. And Justin Denny bringing up a good point. The big the guys with the big contracts are on cruise control. They know they are not getting traded away. And you know that there's nobody that can on the CUDA can take their spot. That's an absolute great point, Justin. You know, maybe they they are sitting idle because they know that they can have it uh, in there. Uh, going back up earlier, John John, this is is this the worst place we will finish Pacific since '97? Um, it, it's the worst that will be in five years when the Sharks didn't make the playoffs. They are, you know, that team in 2015 uh, finished 40, 33, and 9 uh, with 89 points and finished fifth. You'd have to go back to the 0203 season where the team, you know, finished 28, 37, and 9 for their last, last place finish spot. Uh, they had 28 wins on that campaign. The Sharks picked up the victory tonight. That's at win number 27. So not as bad, but, you know, oh, I'm sorry, 28, 37, 9, and 8 because they put the overtime losses in a separate spot. Yeah, I mean, God CF asking, you know, what happened to our prospects? I think you, you they were all traded away. <laughs> well, not only that, but I think everybody needs to really, you know, 
take it upon themselves to go read Shang Peng's article on Fear the Fin about the prospect pool. He gets some really interesting sound bites, tidbits, whatever you want to call it, from some rival executives um, and rival um, scouting departments. And the Sharks are completely off the mark on, on some of their prospects. And, and you go through and they kind of categorize each prospect. And guys that we thought we were really high on, Chekovich and or Chekovich mm-hmm. and, and uh, Chemilevsky, or Chemlevsky, however he wants to say it, were, uh, were clearly overrated and overhyped um, in the system. Um, you know, it, it's... I think... I don't know if it's if it was wishful thinking on the part of the shark staff or if it was they they saw more than that was there um maybe falling in love too much with your own prospects maybe a mm-hmm. little bit of everything but Oh yeah, for sure. But clearly, I mean, we've seen the talent that has been cycled through clearly not ready. Clearly not ready. Yeah. I think that just sums it all up for sure there. Yeah. So, um, so kind of going through, uh, Cheryl saying, uh, DW traded the good ones away. Uh, just, I mean, those, those were pieces that, that you got Kane and Carlson for. Yeah. But I mean, so. you know, but that even having said that, look at Marco Mueller and look at how he's developed and he's supposed to be an impact you know, player that, that the team was betting a lot on. I mean, he does, he does turn into Mario Ferraro, which is good because Mario Ferraro is going to be a top four defenseman. That's for sure. But, you know, we also got to look at, uh, at, uh, who is, who is, uh, the kid into his own looks, Nikolai Goldobin, right? Um, yeah. you know, you, you look at Nikolai Goldobin and, and he doesn't pan out. I mean, well, we won't. Well, let's not retread about how wonderful the Sharks do in the, when they keep their first round pick. <laughs> yeah, but but that just goes to show you, even if they had kept the prospects, you know, the high end prospects that they picked, how well it would have turned out, yeah. right? And and so again, indictment upon the the scouting staff and and. You know, I'm on record as saying the nepotism hire wasn't a good thing. Um, you know, I, I think that the team needed an injection of new ideas and, and fresh perspectives, not being, you know, Ned Coletti, a baseball guy. Uh, you know, that that, that hire is just I, I, I don't get it. Um, I, I, you know, I know that he has a history with DW and all that, but still like not yeah. you know not a, a not a good swing for the fences in my opinion mm-hmm. you know they needed to go and, and pilfer from tampa bay they needed to go pilfer from washington they needed to go pilfer from the new york islanders you know franchises that have taken um players you know, impact players in the first rounds, but also mining depth in the second, third, and fourth rounds. You know, that they, they need to get back to developing high-end talent, and they haven't done that. I, I mean, I don't think that the, the franchise has ever been known for developing high-end talent in the first place. Maybe <sighs> out, outside of the goaltending and maybe a few defensive prospects here and there, but... And then I'm talking like way back when, so like, um, you know, I'm I'm thinking of Ozilinch and Ragnarsson right. and you know, way back, but uh, yeah, I, I, it just to me this that that whole department needed to be gutted and redone, mm-hmm. and and not mm-hmm. just a, a a quick fix at the top with the Burke. Um, movement, you know, I I really yeah. think that the team needed an injection of 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 different ideas, and Brad Marchman's not bringing different ideas. <laughs> yeah, no, Cheryl making a great point. We need a staff that can develop the talent, and AJ wants the Tampa 
uh, scouts because that outstanding draft history. Yeah, and, and that maybe that's where Eiserman and doing his thing with the Detroit Red Wings will be eventually soon. So I mean, you know. look, look at Yanni Gord, right? Yanni Gord was a Sharks prospect. He was he was actually. I don't even think I think he had just an AHL contract and he becomes a 30 goal scorer in Tampa Bay. I mean that that's all that's 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 all you need to know. You, you let a 30 goal score slip right through your fingers. I, I you know and and that's that that should have been a clear red flag in in the development staff but you know what do I know? I'm just an armchair quarterback, right? Right. So, right. so, yeah, I think that these these issues go a lot deeper, and they're a lot more surface than just the roster on the Sharks. Um, and it and it's I think the cracks and the bedrock are are finally starting to show. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we'll have to find a way to get things moving, starting with this offseason, which unfortunately will be starting on April 4th. Yeah, yeah. And, and quite frankly, the team looks like it's ready to go play some golf. Um, you know, if any indication of that first period, um, you know, we've seen more of that first period type of play throughout the season than the second and the third periods. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. you know, the guys, I think, are just playing the string out. Um, and again, when it seemed like they were out of it back in December, I said, this is becoming a season of process, you know, of, of understanding where the kids are at in the process, um, taking uh, solace in some of the good things that we see and some of the development that we see in the season. That's where we've come to, people. That that's that's what you have to do. You have to root for the individual stories in, in in the players now, because honestly, the team doesn't give you much to look forward to. And I hate to end it on a note on a on such a depressing note, but really, I mean, it it's it's time to start cheering for the individual players at this point. Yeah, individual players, and and you hope for the youngsters to to shine, like we've seen, Gregor, True. Ferraro for sure. Uh, you, you hope that's a stepping stone in what you hope will be happening in, in the coming year and beyond, in changing the the culture in the organization. Yeah, yeah, because you know it's it's uh, the the nineteen and twelve era has has come to an end. You know, we might see them suit up one or two more seasons, if that, but. You know, the, the Sharks now have to usher in a new era and they're going to have to reimagine their identity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes that can be a long process. And that's something that we're not used to around here in, in Teal Town, you know, because the team has been so successful um, for so long. But, of course, everybody's got to pay the piper at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we all knew that this was slowly coming but uh, you know, now it's here, and now we will go. <laughs> well, thank will you. Finn and SJ Tarky be retained? Yes, I believe Finn uh, does have his limited no trade, and Sharky, of course, uh, come on, he has a no movement clause. You know, yeah, the mean, only movement he has is is you know coming down the rope from the tank. So yeah, I mean, he's he's got a, a blank check in uh, Hassel Plotner's <laughs> drawer. You know, he can just put as many zeros as he wants on that thing. Absolutely. You know, Thank you, John. Heart- John. <laughs> yeah, the hardest working fish in sports, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> Finn and Sharky probably have eight year contracts, just like everybody else. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but you know what? I think one thing that will be uh, good on the forefront from the development standpoint, and it has nothing to do with the. Uh, with the drafting and development team is, is just the, uh, the new ice, you know, the new arena at sharks ice, um, or Logitech ice or solar for America ice, whatever the heck they call it nowadays. Um, you know, it'll be good to see the Barracuda have a permanent home. Um, you know, we did see some de- depressing pictures coming out of the Barracuda, um, last evening, but, uh, Oy. Yeah, but uh, it'll be good. I think you know, getting them a permanent home 
that's for sure. So, Eric, yeah. I mean, we've kind of rambled on now for the last 58 minutes. Uh, is it time to, uh, you know, go to bed? What? Well, I mean, no. well, I think I think that there's a specific uh, act. Oh, that we have to do I mean, yeah, if, if we if we whip around this, you know what, really quick, because, you know, the sharks aren't even going anywhere. All right, people, you know what time it is. For you, Laurel. Have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. <laughs> yeah, it's about the only joy we get to extract out of this thing now. Uh, going over on tonight's action, the Rangers beat up on the Canadians 5-2. to two. Blackhawks beating up on the Lightning 5-2, to two, interestingly wow. enough. Maple Leafs finally getting uh, pulling themselves out of the uh, out of the rut that they were in and beating up on the Panthers five to three. Bruins beating the Stars four to three. Pavelski got into a fight with Krejci in this one too. Well, I put that gif on uh, Teal Town USA Twitter. Yep, you know that that guy continues to bleed whatever whatever colors he is wearing, and uh, you know the Stars got a good one. Canucks uh, losing to the Ottawa Senators 5-2, to two, and uh-oh, what is happening to the Vancouver Canucks? They were leading the division and now are, you know, in in uh, in jeopardy of uh, having this thing fall off the wheels. Well, the Vegas Golden Knights led by Pete DeBoer on a seven-game win streak. That's, that's one thing. You know, Connor McDavid's back. That's another thing, and of course, it doesn't help that Rudolph Balsers gets his first of the season, and Bobby Ryan makes his return and gets a hat trick tonight. So, yeah, definitely good to see Bobby Ryan getting back into the fold. Um, you know, getting some goals. He of course went through the players' assistance program. Um, we were never really told what exactly was going on, but uh, it's good to see him back on the ice and uh, you know, and, and contributing. So good on him and. Uh, Good on the Senators for beating up on the Canucks, and I never like to see the Canucks win. Uh, the Wild <laughs> put up a touchdown versus uh, the Detroit Red Wings, and they beat up on them 7-1. to one. The Blues beat the Islanders in overtime 3-2. to two. The Predators, Cut preview? Yeah, could be. Could be. Predators get a much-needed win, and, and looking like they're kind of correcting the ship now. Beating the Flames four to three in overtime. Cranlin with the with the game tangle with like one tenth of a second left, and then he wins it in overtime. That's crazy. Yep. Uh, and then uh, the Jets shutting out Ovechkin and the Capitals three to nothing. And that wraps it around the NHL, folks. So, that being said, Eric, let's. Get your final thoughts on uh, on tonight's action and uh, kind of what the what the Sharks should be doing going forward. Well, you know the the to, with tonight you take it and you you learn from your lessons from the first period, which I think the Sharks did, uh, and they persevered and get that victory three to two with the leadership in the core that was on the ice. Kane, Couture, Burns. That's what you guys are expected to do. You gotta keep it going, and now uh, you know the return of Patrick Marlowe. What? You know, we'll, we'll have that. There's that. You know the Barracuda play at one in Churros jerseys. Uh, Mijamaya and the uh, San Jose Game Worn Jersey Expo uh, right near the tank uh, all day that day too. So if you are a hockey fan. In the Bay Area, you know, Saturday is set up for you. Come on down and uh, and enjoy it, all right? Uh, I'm at PuckGuy14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. Appreciate all of you joining us. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. And Landy, back to you. Yeah, that's for sure. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button and uh, follow us again on all of the social medias. Uh, we'll have it up on the uh, on the end screen there. But as far as my uh, final thoughts this evening, it was good to see the Sharks get their asses in gear. I don't know if somebody chewed them out in that second period or that sec or the first intermission, but uh, they sure looked like they came back with a fire lit under their butts. That's for sure. 
Um, and it'll be interesting to see where the team kind of goes going forward. Again, for me, it's all about the process. It's about getting the young guys uh, really integrated in and uh, seeing what they can show uh, talent-wise and what they can bring to the mix. Because, uh, you know, the team is, is looking for some upstarts. Uh, th- mm-hmm. That's for sure. So as far as where you can find me on the social medias, uh, use my first name. That's Eric, E-R-I-K, Landy, L-A-N-D-I, on all the social media garbage. And uh, we are on the road to 2,000 subscribers on the YouTube. We are 40 away, folks. I believe we are at 1960. So again, if you haven't already, please, please hit that subscribe button and the notification bell. Of course, if you're a longtime viewer, you know that we go after every single game. Win, lose, rain, shine, afternoon, evening. If the Sharks are playing, we're breaking it down. (laughs) Yep. Well, we really appreciate uh, everybody hopping on tonight. And, of course, as always, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Thanks, everybody, and uh, have a great night. We will see you after the Patrick Marlowe return. He did it.